Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports uh, here in beautiful Midtown Manhattan uh, with uh, two of my favorite people. Uh, to my left, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's going on? It's great to be here. Definitely. Nice day out. Beautiful day out because we're in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably not as, not as nice as where our guest is, but we'll get to that later. Then across from me is the equally great Nabate Isles. Nabate, how are you, sir? Good. How are you? It's all All good, man. How's married life? Wonderful, thank you. (laughs) Sixty-six days. Oh oh, wow! You on it? (laughs) And uh, on the line, uh, we've got a uh, just a great guest, man. I mean, he's got he's fabled in very many his NFL history, New York history, Eagles history. Mm. Uh, uh, You know, you you saw him on uh, ESPN. Uh, as a as a tremendous and very enthusiastic uh, a, a commentator, and uh, now Herm Edwards is the head coach of the Arizona uh, of Ari- you know at Arizona State. You know, I was about to make the cardinal sin, man, and and say the Arizona State Wildcats. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> hey, coach, welcome, welcome to the show. It's the Sun Devils. It's the Sun Devils. <laughs> It's good to be on. Uh, long time no hear from. I can remember when I first took the job in New York. Uh, you were nice enough to come over and visit. And I remember our long conversation we had over there in uh, in the Jet Complex. So it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's nice to uh, obviously uh, hear your voice again and uh, and know that you're doing well and your colleagues there. Uh, Two young guys. I uh, heard one got got married about six days ago. I'll give him some marriage advice. Six, sixty-six. Six, you always, sixty-six. You always sixty-six. Say, yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> you always say yes, and you'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, always listen to the woman. Yep. Yep. Uh, how, exactly how, long, right. how long have you been married, huh? I've been married twenty now. Wow. Uh, I've been married twenty. Remember, I I, I got married um, in in uh, what when I got hired as a jet coach. Actually, oh, I wow. got married late. Wow. I got married when I was 46. Oh, really? Yeah, I got married when I was 46. Yeah. Oh, wow. Smart, now smart man. Two little girls. We got the two little girls. Vivian was born in, uh, in, in, in Kansas City, but Gabrielle was born in New York. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Two of them. They're 14, and, they're 14 and 13 now. Oh, yeah. wow, man. Well, let me ask you this. I know that we all have questions to bombard you with, but, you know, since we start off on the family, the family thing, because we want to ask you about Andrew Luck, too, but... Um, what do you think it helped you getting married late uh, and having family? Because you know by that time you were already, you know, you were already <laughs> in the pro life. You you kind of you know you were you were right. yeah you were settled I guess. Yeah, Bill, you you make a great point. Um, uh, you know, I, I knew when when I was playing ball, I said, look, I'm 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 in, I'm invested too much into this game and and uh, being a football player, hmm. and I, I knew at, at that point I, I probably wasn't ready to get married, and then when I started coaching that was a whole nother deal you know you start coaching you put on all these hours and you're going man this is i'm not willing to to do that yet and then finally um when i was in tampa uh you know i was, I was dating my my former wife and, and, and tony's wife <laughs> she lauren she looked at me she said you know what I said, I know what you're about to say. Don't screw this one up, right? <laughs> That's right. And I figured it out. I said, okay, I better just get married. But you know, here again at 46, so I, it took it took quite a long time uh, for me to do it. And um, 
it's been great. It's been it's been a blessing. I got a, I got a wonderful wife, man. I mean, she's my she's my best friend. That's great. She indeed. really is. And and what's great about it, she likes football. You know, she worked oh, for the NCAA in compliance. So okay, you know, man, it was kind of one this? of those deals. You kind of meet, and all of a sudden, one thing leads to another, and you get married. Wow. Yeah. And then in compliance, that's good too. Yeah, it keeps you keeps, keeps you straight. Keeps oh, you yeah, straight. Yeah. <laughs> sanction, we're gonna sanction you, Herm. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. You don't want any sanctions, man. You don't want no dark clouds over your uh, that's right. on the program. That's you, right. that. you know how to tiptoe the line, you know. You don't want to get put on probation. <laughs> no, you don't want any of that. No, you don't want any of that. Hey, let me, let me ask this sort of my question before I turn it over to my co-host. So, you know, speaking of probation, you know, a lot of uh, – there have been two things. There hasn't been a great track record of college coaches going from college to coach in the NFL or in the NBA for that matter. Um, maybe the odds are a little better going from the NFL to um, – co- but what, what's the difference? I mean, you've done both now. You know, you, you, you know, coached uh, in the well, NFL. But what's the difference? In college, I, I tell you, well, the athletes are a little bit different in, in, in today's world. Uh, they want to know why first. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I'm okay with that because why is there, means they're searching for knowledge. Um, as a coach at, at any level you coach, um, the thing you have to understand, I think we all do understand this. If we don't, then, then I don't know what we're thinking. But no coach has ever given a player talent. Mm-hmm. God gives them the talent. Right. Right. Now, you can give them knowledge. Mm-hmm. And when you can hook into that knowledge bank where they know this guy can improve my skill, and if you're in college, you're going, look, mm-hmm. I want to play on Sundays. And this guy get me to play on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I got enough talent. Can he put me in position and make me work uh, at a level that will allow me to have an opportunity to play at the next level? Okay, the guys at the next level that play on Sundays, they want to know, how can this coach help me to stay in the league, and how can we win? So they all have the same kind of agenda. Look, in, in football, like in life, um, everyone's an independent contractor. They're all independent contractors now. Mm-hmm. They, they all have this one goal in their mind individually, and then collectively you have to make everybody come together in this thing we call team so we can all have success. But they're all independent contractors, and they want this. How can this, what I'm doing, benefit me? Whether I'm a coach, I want to be a coordinator, I want to be a head coach, whatever it may be, they're all individual contractors. Wow. Well, Coach, I wanted to ask you, speaking of that, because um, what you've implemented in a program has is, is been a rapid development. You know, like you won, you won against two top 20 teams last year. You defeated Arizona, came back on them, your rivals, made a bowl game. Um, and I wanted to ask you about like that advantage of having a successful NFL career as a player, coach, and also being on television while a lot of these kids were in junior high school and high school watching you and, and, and getting your expertise. Talk about that advantage and also the things you've implemented for such a rapid, um, uh, a rapid improvement so fast. Well, it's, it, it's really taking the pro model and bringing it to college. And I think other colleges have do, are doing this. I, I would be not telling you the truth if I didn't think some others were, because I do believe they, they, they implemented it. Weech has been more in the, in, in the forefront. You know, Ray Anderson, obviously the, the AD here, uh, he has a pro background. He mm-hmm. was in the NFL yep. uh, for numerous years. He served in the commissioner's office for one time. He was with the Atlanta Falcons, so he's been around a long time. He's 50 more than that, he was my agent <laughs> 25 oh, wow. years ago. Mm. So all those things 
kind of add up, but it's really the pro model. And, and what we want to do is, is recruit players um, that have a DNA, uh, that uh, have aspirations and, and talent to want to play at the next level because you know what their purpose is. Now, with that being said, we want them to be a student athlete as well. I mean, that's very important because I always tell them this. I said, look, when, when they sign this letter of agreement, it says student athlete. It doesn't just say athlete. And so there's this, there's this fine line we walk. And the way we try to do things around here, if they will do what they're, what, what they're supposed to do and, and they get a lot of help, um, they can graduate in three years, mm-hmm. actually. They mm-hmm. can graduate in three years. We, they go to summer school. They take summer school classes. And if they do that and they go to pro football, they can leave in three years and have a degree and go to pro football. That is kind of our model of what we would like to do now. We have meetings. Uh, we practice. Everything is on a pro schedule. It really is. Everything's on a pro schedule. And it's kind of ironic because in college – during the season, you get 20 hours. Three of, the, three of those hours are basically the game. Mm-hmm. So you get 17 hours with these guys. Think about that. Right. Pro football, you got all day. Right. It's different in college football. I mean, they, they got to go to class. I mean, these, these kids, we play Thursday night, and these kids are going to school during the day Thursday, and, and we've got to change our meeting schedule uh, for, Thursday, you know, for, for Wednesday night is because they have class on Wednesday night because the game is Thursday. So you have to, you know, you have to adjust your schedule for certain things because they are student athletes. Right. Well, well, how do you balance that? You know, how do you, how do you accomplish that? I mean, you were also a college athlete. You understand the time commitments right. that go in, that go into that. At the same time, you're a big time college coach now. So, you, you know, wins and wins matter. So how do you yeah, how do you walk that line and make sure that these kids actually get educated? Well, I think it's very important that um, you prioritize your time, and we talk about that a lot uh, in, in in this in this college world. Um, who are the people you associate with? Hmm. You know, it's professors, it's it's the, the football coaches, it's your social life. I mean, you know, how deep does that go, and then where are your priorities? Right. And they should be, obviously, student football player. Uh, and then, you know, the social life. Uh, <laughs> right. Sometimes, and we've all been there now, mm-hmm. you go to college, come off a high school campus, <laughs> guess what? That social life is like, whoo, boy, there's oh, a whole, yeah. you know, and no one, there, there's like, you know, in, in, in high school, it's funny because you go to school and you got periods. And before you know it, you know, the school's out and then you go to football practice. Right. Well, here, you might only take one class or two classes during the course of a day. Right. We, we get done with practice at, at 12 o'clock, guys. Oh, and wow. so now they got from 12 until that next day. Oh, man. So what, they're not in school all day. Don't take two classes. So what are you doing with your time? Mm. That was my downfall. <laughs> we all been there. We all been there. We all been a student athlete at one time or, or a student, college student. It's, it's, it's a lot of things happening, boy. And, you know, they have access to so many things right. now because their whole life, they, they live off a screen. Right. All their information comes off a screen. Mm-hmm. And so they have access to a lot of things. And, like, how do, you, how do you prioritize all this? How do you do that? And that's what we try to help them. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, 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 let me ask you this. I mean, I, I, I want to get into um, – I know you've probably been asked tons uh, – about uh, Andrew Luck's 
sudden retirement. Yeah. But I'd like to, um, you know, I, I want to ask you about it because I, I think that's kind of it's, it's compelling. I'm, I'm actually writing a column about financial. But say, yeah. what, what are your thoughts about? What are your thoughts about that? Because some way, well, can, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts about that? Well, my, my thoughts are this. Uh, I followed this young man when he was at Stanford because I'm a West Coast guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, here comes a guy in the league. And, and I, when I watched him at Stanford and I was in the studio then and, you know, breaking down NFL uh, players and, and teams, and I can remember when he got drafted, I said, you know, this guy is a, he is a franchise changer. That's the kind of quarterback this guy is. He was a savant. I mean, this guy almost had a photographic memory. Uh, and you, you saw that in college. He was, he was very, very cerebral mm. and lo- wonderful talent, wonderful talent, and athletic enough to do some things outside the pocket if necessary. So he goes to a place and basically puts the team on his shoulders for the first three or four years with what he achieved there. Uh, with that being said, was beat up, mm. was, 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 was hit a lot, okay? I mean, think about his first three years in pro football. He never had a rusher to rush for 1,000 yards. Hmm. That's, that's not good. The ball was always in the air. I mean, it was always in the air with this guy. And he took a pounding. And you can, you can go back and look at the history of his injuries. And was, was tough in there for a while, and then it caught up to him. Um, and I think with that, along with him getting married, um, he's been hurt the last three years, kind of. You know, last year he came back and played, you know, had another good year. He was healthy finally. Wasn't he comeback player of the year? Yes. <laughs> and he has this ankle. And look what happened to the team. Mm. They, all of a sudden they went from, okay, kind of in the middle of the pack. Okay, guess what? We can win the division again. Right. We can play off with this guy. And so I think, you know, at 29 years old, now I, I can't read his mind, um, but I've been in that profession mm. as a coach. And I played in that profession for 10 years. And I was fortunate. I never missed a start, never missed a practice, never missed a game. It's hard. It's hard. And when you start getting beat up, it really becomes hard. And I think, you know, physically, he's tired of just not feeling well. Mm. And his wife's having a child. Um, I think this, right now, he decides, you know what, I can't do this anymore because mentally I, I, I just, you know, the guy hadn't practiced since April, Okay. And he's looking at this going, mentally, I, I can't do this anymore now. There's two sides of it. You know, he gets out of it, and you think about all the fan base and all the, you know, all the people that, that are Andrew Luck fans, how disappointed they are. Gamblers. Uh, but he's looking, at his, he's looking at himself right now and going, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I want to I feel just healthy. We do know this. When you're in the NFL – you always hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay? You always hurt. If you play, you're always hurt. Your, your body aches. It just does. It doesn't feel good. That's mm-hmm. just that's that lead, man. And with that being said, I think emotionally he doesn't want to deal with it right now. Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe in a year, he comes back. Mm-hmm. He's only twenty nine years old. I mean these quarterbacks, some of these quarterbacks now pay till forty. Mm-hmm. So right. I don't know if it's done. I think right now it's emotionally for him, he's done. Mm-hmm. He's emotionally drained. And he, you can't play that position. You can't do anything in life if you're emotionally drained. Right. Wait till he d- change a couple of them diapers. He'll be, he'll be, begging. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be begging to come back. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of them 2 o'clock in the morning nights. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'll go back to the facility. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But you know what? what you know, it, it, you know he, he, he made a decision, 
And um, I don't know if it's forever or he's 29. You know, you never know. A year from now, he might feel different. Mm-hmm. He might want to come back. I'm pretty sure they would take him back. Right. No. Well, it depends. Maybe maybe Jacoby leads him to the Super Bowl. You know. <laughs> oh man, man, that 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 might be the case too. Yeah, said, well, I don't know, Andrew. Uh, you know, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you why don't you think about it for another year? So, someone will take him. And that, yeah, you know, somebody will take him. And that, and that was classy for the Colts to um, have him keep the remainder of the money, uh, the twenty five million. That was really classy of them. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's what he meant to that organization. Yeah. Yes. Um, what, what do you make of the reaction that people have had, though? Um, you know, there have oh, been some uh, negative, fans, negative reactions. That, look, fans are emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. And when something like this happens unannounced, um, they're upset. I mean, think of all the fans that went and bought jerseys, right? Andrew loved jerseys. And all of a sudden, the guy retires. You know, mm-hmm. without, without you kind of – there's no forewarning of this, you know. So, they're probably a little upset. Ticket holders, right? People buy season tickets. They, 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 look, they're Colt fans, I get it, but they're probably, you know, they're fans because of Andrew Luck, a lot of them. So like when Peyton Manning was there, you know, they're, they're, they're fans of the quarterback. They're, they're fans of the team, but when you have a really good quarterback, you really get, you're, 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 you know, people know if you got a good quarterback, you got a chance. Right. You've got a chance to win a lot of games, man. You've got a chance to be a playoff team. That's exciting to you when you have a young quarterback or a quarterback that can play well like, like he's been able to do when he was healthy. Well, well on, a, on a positive note with careers, uh, there's a gentleman that was inducted in Canton earlier this month mm. by the name of Kevin Mawai. And um, talk yes. about how much he means to you and the fact that you hired him to be part of your coaching staff at ASU. Um, talk about what he means to you, what he brings to the program, and and how he can help the kids psychologically deal with the game. Well, you, you just said it. I mean, he's been he's been in, he's been places and done things that that, that these young people want to emulate, and um, he, he's one of the rare breeds. You know, he's in the he's in the room where no one speaks. Mm. They just whisper at that room. They just whisper in that room. No one speaks. You know those bus those those bus whisper at each other when they sit in that room. So, uh, it's it's a wonderful thing if you've ever been there and, and visualized it and seen it. So uh, I just think you know a guy like that um, to want to be a coach says a lot about his passion for the game of football. Uh, Kevin played for me for five years in New York, you know, and uh, we had a, a great relationship. And it just so happened to be, guys, his daughter goes to school here. And, wow. you know, when I took the job, he, he says, you know, I, I want to coach. And I said, well, Kevin, I, you know, uh, yeah, here it is, man. I think <laughs> get you coach. It's not that hard of a deal for me. Yes, you know, and, we, and, and it's you know, ironic because we've got about six or seven coaches that have actually all been in the NFL. They're on my staff. Mm. And um, that helps you, you know. And, and, and I, I think, uh, you know, that night that he got inducted, I was fortunate because sitting there, um, he was inducted. Uh, Ty Law, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Gonzalez. I was fortunate to, to coach all three of those guys at one point in my career as a head coach. So it was fun to watch the emotion of that, to go backstage knowing I knew all the guys on the stage and visit with my good friend Tony Dungy, and we had some laughs, you know. But that, that's a great ceremony. It really is when you think about the players. That's the history. Mm. That's the history of pro football that evening. It's it's just kind of fun for me to sit there and watch it all, you know, because I came into pro football in 1977, and uh, it's evolved since then, boy. I mean, it's 
bigger and better and more grand than it ever ever would imagine, you know. And it's just fun to sit those guys sit there and hear those guys tell their stories. Hey, Her, what, what about the uh, you, you know? I, I run a fellowship as part of uh, uh, what I'm doing with ESPN. Uh, it's mm-hmm. you know six six kids from six HBCUs, and what I realized yeah. is that we we just named our third class, and and these are all like South juniors and college juniors seniors, and I realized with each year. I get older, but they don't. It's like it's the same. You know, it's like the same. Twenty one. I get older, and they're like still twenty one. And I'm thinking, as you're dealing with a bunch of young people, you know, like you know, twenty twenty one. What what's that been like? I mean, when you think about these young people um, uh, and dealing with them, what's that what's that been like? You know what? It's been a lot of fun because I, I look at a lot of them and I see me when I was their age. I really do. I can I, I can relate. Uh, a lot of energy, boy, but it's not bridles. Mm. You know, it's, it, it's going in a lot of different directions. Just, just try to bridle it all. Say, whoa, 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 slow down, man, slow down. You know, and and I think the conversations I have with them, um, it's more than just football. You know, my door is always open to these guys. They know it. You'd be surprised how many players just come in here, you know, every day. Different players. They just want to talk. They just want to talk. And – when we have these conversations, I can relate to my past, to how I grew up and, and where I came from and, and, and some of the conversations we have. And uh, it's fun to give them knowledge. And that's what I told them I'm here to do. I'm here to give you knowledge. I said, it's free, guys. You know, it's free. And, and hopefully some of the knowledge uh, that I give you, not just the football knowledge, but life, uh, you won't go down those roads that there's a dead end. Don't waste your time going down that road. Now, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. But you give them fair warning. And I think when you can talk at their level, because they're all inquisitive. They, you know, we, look, they, they, look, we're all there. We're all 21. You know, we thought we could hop tall buildings and, and do all that stuff. So I get all that. But I think the good thing for me is that they've watched me from afar. Right. And so they kind of know who I am. They know a little bit about me. And I think the more that I was around them last year, they just figured out, you know, coaches, he's for us. He's trying to help us. And that's what I told them. I said, my agenda here, guys, is real simple. It's, it's to win the Pac-12 South, uh, to do some good things, to get to a Rose Bowl, mm. but really to help you, to help you grow. That's what I'm here for. And use me. You can ask me anything you want. There's no question that you can ask me that I haven't heard from a football player before. That's for sure. In terms of the program, you know, staying staying on the the football team that you're coaching now, you know, where where are where are you now in terms of the program? What do you expect coming into young. this year? And, and, and what do you what what's your ultimate goal? Well, ultimate goal is obviously uh, competitive consistency within the Pac-12. And I think that's what we, we, we strive to be. Uh, but as far as player-wise, we're, we're very young. Mm. We're going to start a freshman quarterback. First mm. time in the history of the program they've ever started a freshman quarterback. Mm. So who, we've got a lot that? of young players. Yeah, what's quarterback. It, what's, his, what's his name? Jaden J, J Daniels. Mm. Mm-hmm. Southern California. He got chance to be a good player, guys. Mm. No. He really does. He got, he got a little hit to him. Mm. Yeah. And, and it'll, it'll be fun to watch him. He's going to go out there uh, Thursday night. And it'll be the first time that uh, they've ever done that here. It's mm. wow. amazing. A true freshman. And, and, and speaking of, uh, of a guy that was much, had mucho experience in Manny Wilkins, he's with the Packers yeah. now. 
undraft. He was undrafted. You were an undrafted player yourself and yep. had a successful career in the league. What is your advice to Manny on how to make that to approach? You know, like because the chips are down, but how he can be able to uh, you know uh, play with the hand he's dealt with? Uh, what have you advised? Well, him? I. I, I I think what you have to do is first you have to be given an opportunity. And then once you have an opportunity, um, you know, every day to me was like a game mm. when I went on the field. I, this is what I always tell players. Your resume is on tape. And the great thing about the game of football, you get to actually write your resume when you go to work every day. You can write it. It's on the grass. And when you practice, that's your resume. They look at it. They evaluate you every day. And when you play in a game, that becomes your resume. And you get to write it. You get to write the story. Now, you got to get on the field. But once you get on the grass, it's all the same. It, it, everyone's the same. It's, it's, it's okay. It, you know, I don't care if you're a free agent, draft choice, all that stuff. I get to write my resume. And what do you want it to look like? And that was me every day. I, I look. I, I was I was driven. I was like every day, I'm going to do something every day in camp. That when those coaches turn the tape on, they're going to say, "Man, 46, he made another play." And before you know it, they're going, "Man, every day that guy goes out there and makes another play." And and you just that's how you get their attention. You know, when you're a first round draft choice, everybody knows. And when you're a first round draft choice, to be quite honest, there's probably more pressure on you. Because of the expectations. Right. But here again, you're a college player just like the free agent. Now, you may be a little, a little taller, a little faster, whatever, a little bigger, stronger. Uh, you, you, but, but at the end, you're still two college players. Mm-hmm. And what you've got to realize is that when you step on the field, the grass don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just says some cleats on this field, man. Who's <laughs> ever, ever in these shoes right now, you get to ride it right now. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, yes, 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 an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. Hey, 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 I want to talk quarterback a little while. I mean, because I've, I've always been fascinated for about this whole evolution of quarterbacks. I mean, my very first college football game, I went to Morgan, and we played Grambling in Yankee Stadium. And this was like 1968. And Grambling's quarterback yeah. was a guy named Shaq Harris. And, Shaq Harris. Yeah. James Harris. I played against Shaq. Yeah, Shaq. <laughs> and, and, and we remember then, you know, that he was going to be the guy, you know, because, you know, you'd had all kinds of just heartbreaking stories, you know, whether it's Sandy Stevens, or I just talked to Jimmy Ray in Michigan. You had a lot of heartbreaking stories about guys who probably a lot like the guy who started for you. But back then, if you were like that, you were going to be a defensive back or safety or something like that. Oh, no doubt. You know, and so I've been fascinated from 68 to now you look at 2019 
And it seems like the NFL is about this. Something's getting ready to be happening. It seems like there's – we've talked about breakthroughs before. Like 2001, you had this class with, you know, Culpepper and guys, and we thought that, you know, Vic McNabb, was – McNabb, McNabb was in there. We thought that was going to be yeah. – But it seems Achilles like – Smith, too. Achilles right. was there. It didn't quite work out. But it seems like now something's in the air. Like, uh, I don't know if it's going to be like in 10 years – quarterback is going to be like def- the defensive secondary now, you know, the wide receiver right. corps. But it just seems like right. something's happening where it, it's, well, you know, it's just inevitable that it's no longer a luxury. You, you, you know, you, it's, it's now uh, a... Well, you know. Yeah. Well, what's happened is a couple things. You, you have a lot of... You have a, a, new, a new coaching model mm. in the NFL. In the fact, a lot of young guys are coaches in the National Football League. You look at some of these offensive coordinators, a lot of young guys, okay? A lot of them have college backgrounds. Um, and now the college game is starting to creep into the National Football League mm-hmm. with these athletic quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I think what has happened is this. Do you build a system around the player or do you look for the player that can fit your system? Mm-hmm. Now it's, if I'm smart, I'm going to build a system around the player. Mm-hmm. And regardless of my system, I'm going to adjust. Right. And I've always coached that way. You coach the players you have, and you build the system around their skill set. So now at the quarterback position, because this college kind of you know, spread them out, let's throw the ball, um, let's play in space, mm-hmm. the rules will allow you to do that. So why wouldn't you do that? Well, who can do that? How these quarterbacks now? They come in all different shapes and sizes, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of not the traditional, you know, I like to get the big guy. You know, I still think big guys at the end, uh, they win. I just believe that. You know, I just that's, I believe that. But there's always some exceptions. And if you're willing to build a system around the guy's skill set, all bets are off. And you see that in the National Football League now. You know, you, you, you see the quarterback of a, now. You still got to protect him right. because at the end, you know, that's the guy you're going to pay the money to. And you can't allow him to take all these hits. You know, owners are paying these quarterbacks $25 million plus. They're not sitting up there in the booth going, well, why is my quarterback running around? He can get hurt. That's a lot of your salary cap playing that quarterback. So you got to protect him. But with that being said, the way the ball comes out so fast now, that's how you protect him. Right. right. You get the ball out. And you get it to these big receivers or these fast receivers that, that can play in space, and you open the formation. And you say, we're going to throw it. Tell me about your kid, uh, uh, the, the freshman who's starting. Um, is, is he, uh, what, do we, what do we expect to see from him? Uh, is, he, is he part of this new you know, breed or is he, you know? Yeah, he's got a lot of poor. He, he plays in that system, that spread system. He can run okay, but he's not a runner. He's a thrower now. He mm-hmm. can throw it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can throw it. He can throw the football. Makes pretty good decisions, too, as a, as a freshman guy. Now, he hasn't played college football yet. We're going to find out Thursday night. <laughs> but he, what I like about him, great poise. Mm-hmm. Got great poise. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get rattled, boy. It's not too big for him. You know, he just he just kind of knows how to play quarterback. And and in today's world, when you think about the quarterback, they start throwing a football when they're in junior high school. Mm-hmm. 
So it's kind of like, you know, they're, they're way ahead of themselves. I mean, I would, look, in my era, if you threw 25 passes in a game, that was like a lot of passes. Now that can happen in the first quarter. <laughs> right, right, right. And these guys throw the ball so much as young guys. There's so many seven-on-seven seven leagues. And all yeah, the other right, things right. you guys are involved in. It's just they're so comfortable in systems now that allow them to go back and go, okay, I'm going to throw the ball. And that's what they do. What about what about you personally? Uh, you know the evolution of the game. You've been around a long time. How did yeah. how did how did you adapt to the game? How did how did you, to, uh, you know, evolve with the you game? Gotta adapt. You you have to adapt. But but I still think the principles of football are, are still there. Some of the the core elements you got to have. Um, you want smart players. Um, you want players that have passion for the game. I think this. You have to be a disciplined team. Uh, more games are lost than won. With sloppy play, with fouls, turnovers, you know, just bad decisions. That's the, that, 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 that has nothing to do with talent. That just has something to do with being uh, being detailed. I still think this. I still think at the end, because how football kind of goes from these months to when November hits and it gets a little colder, and according to the conditions, if you play outside, uh, you still have to be able to run the ball. You still have to have some type of balance to your offense and to your team because when you can run the ball, you can dictate the terms of how the game needs to be played and you protect your defense. A running game can go in any conditions and a good defense travels well. Mm, right. So those things are still in the mix. Right. Now, you don't, you don't see it a whole – I mean, you don't hear about it so much anymore because what? The quarterback is the guy. Every week, look, I was on television enough. All they want to know, who's the quarterback this week? <laughs> right? <laughs> who's the quarterback? And that, that's what it is. It's a quarterback-driven league, and you know it. Mm-hmm. What's easier, being on ESPN or, you know, and talking trash, you know, or doing what you're doing now? I mean, you know, you, you know, do what we're doing. You know, it's one thing to be in the press box and be on TV. and all, now, But now, what's it like being – once again, on the other side, after you were on the other side? Well, you know, you, you, you have the anxiety of, of, of preparing and, and for a game. You know, mm-hmm. it's different. And it keeps you alive, that anxiety. You know, it's just, and when you lived in that world, I lived in that world for 30 years as a player and a coach. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of used to it. You know, it becomes normal. But it's still, you have it. You know, anxiety, you have those little butterflies. You know, you're always wondering, like, whoa. You know, and it's, it's funny. It's just, but you, you just grow up in that world. It's kind of, that's what you feel. Television was, I tell you what, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun in a sense. You got an overview. You, you saw the wider picture of football. Mm. Because now you're watching all levels of football. You're not just, you're not just focusing on your division or your conference. In the NFL, I'm looking at all the teams because i got to grade all the teams and i got to analyze all those teams. And you're watching college football because that is basically the bloodline to the NFL. You know, that, that, that's the farm league for the NFL, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. okay? So you get a different view, but you still look at it like a coach and a player. You know, when I look at a game, I, don't look, I, don't look, I look at it from those two points of view, as a coach and as a player, because you're always in the game thinking that way not so much a fan but 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 as a coach or a player you know and and you look at things and you go well why did they make this decision and 
and maybe I would have done this. So that was the fun of it on television. Coach, I wanted to ask you, like, of your history and, and everything of um, coaching, who are the players that you, that you learned as much from as you taught? Who are the players you learned as much from that really inspired you uh, to one, go to work every day and first, coach them? Yeah, one of the first guys when I was a, a player was uh, in Philadelphia, and he was the backup quarterback. The starter was Ron Jaworski. Uh, the backup guy was Roman Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I can remember in Westchester College, Walking up the hill every day. No, excuse me, Widener College. We had yeah, Widener yeah. College. Three white shoes went to school, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about uh, probably uh, not half a mile, but, but, but a pretty good little walk, quarter, you know, maybe a quarter of a track of 440, somewhere right around there from the locker room to the field. And every morning, when we, we had double days then, you go morning, you go in the afternoon, I would walk with Roman Gabriel, quarterback. And he would talk to me about being a professional football player and what it was going to take. Guy, you'd be surprised how much knowledge I gave from that man mm. of learning how to be a pro. Mm. Because you had these ideas of you just play ball. No, no, it's more than that. The studying, the things you got to be disciplined at. All these things, of, of, if you're going to be a pro football player, these are the things you got to do if you want to do it right. And I had those walks, man, my rookie year. I mean, it just it was enlightening to me. It was like unbelievable. It was just a wealth of knowledge coming from this guy, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so that was one of the guys, obviously, that I learned from. And then playing in the secondary was a guy in, uh, named John Outlaw. Oh, yeah. That was a veteran corner. Uh, kind of took me under his wings. You know, I was a starter as a rookie and, and kind of schooled me up that way. Randy Logan, a strong safety, was out of Michigan. Um, then coaching-wise was Dick Vermeil. You know, Dick Vermeil uh, recruited me out of high school. I've known Dick Vermeil since I was 17 years old. He recruited me to UCLA. And I didn't go, went to Cal. Uh, but then ended up playing for the man. That's right. And, and so, you know, and Carl Peterson recruited me as well. And, he, he, you know, he was on that staff and was in, was in the front office. And then I got a history with Carl as well. But those are two guys, you know, that, that helped me a lot. Learn to be a professional along with, along with Roman Gabriel, obviously. Now, which which players did you did you feel like they were like old souls? You know what I mean. Which players oh, that you coach? Mm-hmm. Curtis Martin was an old soul <laughs> that I had in New York. Yeah. Um, John Lynch, yes, he was Tell an old man. soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was I've been very fortunate, guys, to be around some great football players. Now, yeah, uh, Derek Brooks, mm-hmm. the team we had down in Tampa, boy, they were pretty special. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Rondy Barber, man. Mm. You had Derek Brooks. You had Hardy Nickerson. You had some guys now. I mean, you had some, you know, Lynch and them guys. You had some boys down there. And I went to New York. You had Curtis Martin, obviously. Um, you had, you know, you, you had Kevin Wyatt. I mean, mm. you had Vinny Testaverde that played a long time. Mm-hmm. The league. You know, so a lot of old souls, man. I mean, just guys that, that, that understood it, that got it, you know, that, 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 were, that were great football players, you know, and and so you know, when you're around those kind of guys, it's just it's fun to be around them because they, they, they understand the game. Uh, they understand what the game means. They try to better the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I've always said. And that's kind of one of my pet peeves about football in general. You know, we're, we're all standing on someone else's shoulders, and we're all ambassadors for this game. And we're, we're, we're held responsible to make the game better. We've got to make it better for the next generation of how we coach it, how we play it, 
That's, that's our jobs. Because when you look at, you mentioned Jimmy Ray. Jimmy, I work with Jimmy Ray. Jimmy mm-hmm. Ray, I work with Jimmy Ray in Kansas City. He was one yeah. of the black quarterbacks in Michigan State. I go back, wait, I was a young guy when, when coming into football when Jimmy Ray was coaching. You know, he was another mentor for me. Yeah. And so you look at guys that were before you, and, and some of them missed opportunities, whether it was playing a position, whether it was obviously moving up in the coaching ranks. And you understand that, and you go, well, look, I'm standing on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I got to make sure I lift people up so they can stand on my shoulders because that's what this thing's about. Right. You know, that, that's one of the things that Jimmy was saying. We had a long conversation. And I, I talked to Shaq a lot, too, about this. Sure. Because I, I think one thing that young people don't have a full appreciation of is exactly what you said. And that's what Jimmy was saying, that, you know, we talk about these young, particularly African-American quarterbacks, and all is great and wonderful now. But a lot of these guys have no idea. I think Jimmy said there's a lot of blood that was shed. There's a lot of, you know, he talked about Eldridge Dickey and guys who just, who are just, who just, just, who just never had. I mean, who if 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 they were coming out today, Jimmy, you know. But he said the young guys don't really have a full appreciation of that. And it's not living in the past. It's just you. Right. It's like watching game film. You know, you you got to study. They don't. Right, right. They don't understand the history. Right. You know, because, and, and I was real, see, growing up, you know, I, I was the guy that collected the bubblegum cards, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of learned the history of the National Football League. Mm-hmm. You, you, you just, because that's where you wanted to go. Yeah. But, you know, now it's different. Mm-hmm. You have access to so many different deals, man. Mm-hmm. Sometimes guys don't want to know the history. Yeah, they just right. know what they know. It's like right now. Right. Like, I don't know what happened 30 years ago. I don't want, I don't want to know about that. Right. Well, you know, you kind of need to know about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like it just didn't happen. This right. didn't just happen. There were people that were, bef- you know, before you that, um, that set the table for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to make sure you continue that, that it gets better. But, you know, we, have, we could talk about the quarterback, but there were other positions. Oh yeah, that um, free that, safety. You know that you weren't going, that you didn't play a whole lot. Right, right. Middle line, but really, or another, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, you know, it's, I mean, and it, you know, like you just say, a lot of kids tend to be a historian. I said, well, I, I, there's one kid. I said, why do you think your coach has you watching game film about ninety percent of the time? Why do you think you're coach? Because you're not watching anything of the future. Everything you're watching happened last week's game, right. last week's practice. Why do you think if the history is not important? Why do you think your damn coach <laughs> had you spending ninety percent of your time watching the past? Right. And then when he said, "Well, because I want to learn my mistakes," well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what the damn history is. You know, you gotta. You know, you're not watching just see. You're watching it. You're watching history and studying this, these films to prepare you for I, the present. You know. And that's exactly right. Yeah, that's you, exactly, you know. So. That's exactly right. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You're always watching, you know, three or four games of the opponent, uh, the ones that he's already played. That's <laughs> right. It ain't, it ain't the future. The ones he's play. <laughs> right. It's the ones that, he, that, that he's already played. You know, you're trying to gather information. So when, when you play that opponent, you, you're, you're well equipped to, to deal with some of the things that are going to happen. That's you know? right. So yeah. you're right. But it's a wonderful game. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's a game that, 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 you know, breaks a lot of barriers, as we know. Right. I mean, it's 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 kind of interesting. You know, it's uh, you go into these stadiums sometimes, and you you marvel at the crowd, mm. the spectators, and 
you know, they all come from different areas in, in, in their communities, you know, and the players as well come from all different parts of the country. Mm. And you walk into the stadium, and whether it's a, you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Washington fan, doesn't matter, whatever you're a fan of, there's this, there's this camaraderie, there's this energy about your team, you know, and, and there's this wonderful thing that happens, you know, it's just no one sees anything but the team. Mm-hmm. They see the players and the players see the fans, and it's a wonderful thing. It's a collage of all these different things in life you see in this one stadium. Mm-hmm. And there's this harmony about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then we leave the stadium and we go back to our communities and all this other stuff, and you go, What's wrong with that? Right, right. What, what do you so think of the kneeling, huh? What, what do you think of the kneeling? Come on, you know. Well, I think. You and, know, and, and and particularly now that you're a college coach, and you, you're, yeah, you're either going to do you either going to put down a hammer or say, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I just think you know it's one of those deals. Um, there was a message that that obviously was trying to be sent, but it got hijacked, mm-hmm. and the message was no longer on what was trying to be sent, it was then the message became about the flag. Right. And it was never intended to be about the flag. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, the way they sent the message, that's what people, the perception was. And then the perception came into all these other things. And then it got going one way and another way, and people took sides. And, you know, and um, this is kind of funny how, how, you know, kind of sometimes messages get, they get hijacked if you don't send it the right way, and if you don't talk about it before you send it, right. you just do it. Right. You know, so that that became a hot button for a lot of people. You know, and and um, you know, I looked at it a lot of ways. You know, I my father was in the service. Uh, he fought in two wars. He fought in the Korean War, and World War Two. That's right. Yeah. He's a master sergeant, so I understand. You know, what the flag means and what it meant to my father. You know, mm-hmm. and me growing up and all that stuff, and 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 I also went to Cal Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, in the civil rights movement, I was there in '72. You know, I was born born in the in the '50s, '54, and you know, in the '60s was the civil rights movement. And mm-hmm. so, you have all these thoughts, you know. And I always say, you know, messaging, you better send it the right way, because if you don't, it can it can go a lot of different ways. And, and that became the, the calling card. There, it went a lot of different ways. You know, it might have could have been handled a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe um, you tell the player, hey, you're the quarterback. You're trying to send a message. Don't go out for the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a couple couple of days will go by, and they'll say, why did he never come out? Right. Now you got a platform. And you can talk. And you can still send your message. You know, so th- there's a lot of ways it could have been done. I don't know what's right, wrong, or different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, 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 we all have to look at it. Through our own lens. And, um, it's just, what about as a head football coach? Now, right. now you're the head college football coach with these 19, 20-year-old kids. Uh, do you have right. a philosophy about what should and should not be done? And, and do kids, have you had those conversations I, in I, your I, office just about, you know? Yeah, I, I tell them this. I tell them this. Before, before you, you know, if, if, you know I, I get wanting to be a part of, you know, because I, I tell people this, too, like, you know, your occupation doesn't define who you are. Right. That's just your occupation. You know, you're a man first. And if you're a father and a husband, you're that. You're not just an athlete, okay? But I think sometimes, you know, 
society wants to put athletes in this box and say, well, you're an athlete or you're a coach. Right. That's all we want from you. Right. We don't want anything else. Well, that ain't fair either because right. they're more than just a coach or an athlete. But I tell them this. If, if you have conviction for something, okay, make sure you study it. Make sure you know what you're doing. Don't, 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 don't just do something on impulse. Right. You know, make sure you study and, and you understand why you're about to do something or you decide to do something. To me, that's important. Have knowledge of the subject. <laughs> you know, if you have no knowledge of the subject, then don't do it. Right. You better study it. Right. You better know why. Let me. Uh, that is my technique. Yeah. Let, right. let me let me let me take you back down memory sure. lane. Uh, you, you know, played. You know, played different teams: the Eagles, Falcons, Rams. Head coach: Jets, Kansas City. What are the What are the moments in your career that truly stick out? Like, you know, one or two moments throughout your career that that that's the whole reason you're in the game. I think I know what well, coach is going to say. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a dream come true. Yeah, yeah. You know, sports sports for me was my way out. For me to obtain a scholarship. I had to be a good athlete. Now, I was willing to sacrifice a lot. You know, I, see, I, I grew up this way. I didn't, I didn't grow up, like, wanting to be liked. I wanted to be respected. Hmm. Okay? My father taught me that. There's a difference, son, than being liked. You know, if you want to be liked, you compromise hmm. some things in life if you want to be liked. You want to be respected, you blaze your own trail. Hmm. And sometimes you're going to stand alone but people will respect you. So that's the first thing I learned at a young age. You know, don't, 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 don't want to be like now. And that's lonely, but sometimes you're going to stand alone. Right. Okay. And you got to understand that. And what are you willing to, you know, is the price worth the prize? That's what I kept telling myself. Is this price, man, that I'm willing to pay? Is it going to be worth the prize? And I said, yeah, I'm signing off on this, man. I'm going to do everything I can to be a, to be a, to be an athlete. And that other stuff, I ain't doing it. I'm going to pass it up hmm. because I want to make sure that if I get an opportunity, I won't be able to say, well, if I'd have done all this other stuff the right way, maybe I'd have got a shot. That wasn't going to be it. It was going to be I wasn't good enough. Hmm. Okay. So with that being said, those were kind of my marching orders. And, and, I, and I, was, uh, I was firm on that. I knew that if I did it right, I was going to, you know, maybe be rewarded one day. Well, I, I, my path took a crooked path in college for a lot of reasons. I was a little bit of one of those guys that questioned authority. Hmm. And so, I, you know, I, I went to Cal and left and went to JC, and they got me to go back to Cal, and I got into a, a conflict with a coach again and left went to San Diego State, so I don't get drafted. Hmm. Hmm. I basically got blackballed. I don't get drafted. Hmm. And I go in, you know, and I say, okay, it, it doesn't matter. And then when I got in, like I told you guys, you know, I, I'm trying to write my resume, and I end up making it to walk out of the tunnel in 1977, hmm. as a rookie free agent in Philadelphia, a starter, hmm. that meant something to me. That meant something to me because it wasn't given. Hmm. I had to earn it. And, um, you know, to be a starter there, never miss a practice and never miss a start, eh, that's pretty good. Hmm. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, to go to a Super Bowl hmm. and we didn't win, eh, that's hard. That's really hard to go to a Super Bowl, man. Mm. It's hard. 
You know, so that was probably one of those deals. Um, you know, being hired as a head coach, obviously, hmm. never in my wildest dreams that I think I was going to be a head coach. Guys, I had no aspirations to be a head coach. Hmm. None. I, went, I started working for Kansas City when Marty was the coach there, and Tony was on that staff, Tony Dungeon. We, we came out together in the same draft. We go back that far. We were friends hmm. since then. Bill Cower, Bruce Aarons, we were all on Marty's staff. And then when Tony obviously went to, to Tampa, he brought me down there to be assistant head coach. He said, I'm going to groom you to be a head coach. Mm. And I said, okay, that's what you want me to do. That's what we're going to do. Lo <laughs> and behold, I, be, you know, I become the coach of the Jets and then, and then get traded. You know, I never thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I said, so, so you traded me, and I couldn't even get drafted, but you had to give up a four-pounder. That's pretty good. Full, full circle. <laughs> yeah, so That's it was right. a full circle. You know, and, I, and I'm hoping this, in my time of being a coach and a player, I'm, I'm hoping that, that, that I made a difference in players' lives as a coach. And I'm hoping as a player that when I played the game, guys, I – and this is what we say around here. I, I left everything I had on the grass. Right? I did. And I played, I played for my team. I, I really played for the players in the huddle. I didn't want to fail them. That was my number one deal, man. Don't fail these guys in the huddle, man. These, these are my brothers, man. I'm not going to fail these guys. I'm going to go out and I'm going to give everything I got every Sunday. You know, and, and then you get into the, you, you, you know, you, you, you just, you, your life just kind of goes, man. It's just. And you never know where you're going. You, you think, you know, you think, well, I got this path. I'm going here. And all of a sudden, well, man, you ain't going there. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get on television and everything's going good. And you've had a chance to, to leave a couple of times. You go, no, I'm good. And this comes up and, and, and all of a sudden it's, it's the right fit for me. And um, I said, I'm going to go back and, and try to help build a program here. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, and hey, I mean, that's, that's, I love it. I really, you know, I, I look. Guys, you'll appreciate this. I tell people this all the time. I never had a job. Right. Hmm. I've been mm-hmm. on recess my whole life. <laughs> football. I've been a football guy, man. Right. I've been a football guy. I've, de- I've never done anything else. Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate. I mean, I really, really have. And I'm, I'm just hoping that all the years I've spent in this game, from high school to college to professional football, back to college, that I've done some things better for the game mm-hmm. and for the players. I owe the game everything, man. I, I am an ambassador for this game. I'm old. I owe, without this game, guys, we ain't having this conversation now. Mm-hmm. Just telling you, we're not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just another guy, man. And I, and I still, and even though you like know, you get all these, man, look, I, I'm just the guy from Seaside, California, man. Mm-hmm. I'm from the guy in the neighborhood. I'm that guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And and this was this was my way out. And hopefully, I've made it better for a lot of people that I've been involved with in this game, whether it's been other coaches, whether it's been players, and hopefully I've coached the game and played the game that when people watch me play or coach, that I'm always going to respect the game. I'm going to do what's right for football. Mm. Speaking of, you're dealing with two talents. You dealt with two talents last year, Nikhil Harry, two Super, he's yeah. going to the Super Bowl champion Patriots, and Eno Benjamin, who's a second-team pre, um, I'm sorry, preseason All-American. Those kids, yeah. like, they seem like they have that dog in them. They seem like they have that that want to get better and they, they want yeah. to succeed. Talk about like um you know how they're how they're you know asking for you asking for your advice and what you're telling them and everything. Well, 
very, very, you know, you can tell different players have different levels of, of how they compete. These guys are ultimate competitors. They compete in everything. And, and, and we, we, that's what we talk about around here. You got to compete every day around here, guys. That's just, that's the MO. And, and Nikhil, you know, I had Nikhil in the Under Armour All-American game. I had him when I coached mm-hmm. that game for eight years. I coached that high school All-American game down there in Orlando. I was the head coach for eight years. So I had him when he came out of high school. He was on my team. Wow. And then, lo and behold, I come here and I, he's here, you know. So <laughs> I knew about him then and, and then watched him a little bit when he was at Arizona State. Um, tremendous competitor. Has, has skills like, and I don't like, obviously, you know, trying to compare guys. Yeah, he has a lot of traits like Des Bryant. Mm-hmm. He's physical, he's big, he's strong. He can run with the ball when he has it in his hand. He has those types of traits. And he goes to a good, a great organization, obviously. And, you know, you, hey, and you're playing with Captain America. Okay, so, you know, he lands in a good spot. And then Eno, same kind of deal. You know, not the biggest guy. But with his really great vision, um, great contact runner, can run inside and outside. Um, he's another one, man. He's, he's, he's very, very competitive. He, just, he, wants, he wants to do this. He has this burning desire to do this. And it's fun to be around those guys because I'm going to tell you something. They remind me of me. Mm-hmm. That's how I was when I was their age, guys. That's, I was the same way. I had that same kind of like, Man, I want to do this. I really want to do this, you know. And it's fun to coach guys like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, our, uh, our guest has been the great Herm Edwards, uh, you know, star of stage, screen, and now back to <laughs> <laughs> back to packed in. But uh, you know, must say, hard, man. It, hey, man, they're keeping score now, man. All the stuff counts. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, you've been on recess because somebody recently I just came to this conclusion. You know, somebody asked me, well, oh, you're going on vacation. I thought, you know, my my entire career has basically been a vacation. <laughs> you know, you, if you love to write and you love sports and you've mm-hmm. been a sports writer, and then I was like a jazz critic, you love, you know, so basically my whole career has basically been a vacation. <laughs> so, so I think yeah. we're on the yeah, same no, page. No, when it comes plus, to- you know, yeah, it, yeah as, as you say, but it, 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 you know, it, it, when you can find your purpose mm-hmm. and you're able to do it, for most of your life, yeah. Hey, what man? It ain't all bad. Right. And every day's not good. You know, we get all that. Right. But I think well, what we have to do, and you've done this, and you've been great. You've been a great mentor mm-hmm. for people that want to get in your profession. Mm-hmm. And why? You know, you have so much knowledge, and your way of giving back is mentoring. You know, young people to, yeah. to say, "Hey, man, this is the road." You know, mm-hmm. and you got to be able to do. It. There's certain things where it's go- it's going to get hard. It's not easy. Look, it ain't. It's not easy to accomplish the things you accomplished. You know, it's not, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You've got to want to go do this, and there's some sacrifices you have to give up. You know, it, it, I go back. Is the price worth the prize? Mm-hmm. And, and if you're willing, and if you're willing, you put the work in, you know, you, you, you can have some success. Mm-hmm. Right. Do, do you ever think of, because we're, we're kind of in the same ballpark age-wise, do you ever think yeah. of, of, like, in your 70s, what you'd be doing in your 70s? Yeah. You know, like, at what point? You know, just okay. I mean, all right, this is, you know. Yeah, Bill, Bill, I, I'm this way. I'm this way. You're probably the same way. Mm. When you don't have energy for it, mm. then it's time to leave. Right. 
You know, when, when, when I don't have energy for this anymore, and I don't know when that is because I know me. Like, mm. I retired. I knew when it was time for me to retire as a player. Mm. I could have probably played a couple more years, but I watched myself on tape, and I'm going, that ain't the guy. Mm. No, I ain't, mm. putting that, I, don't, I ain't putting that on tape. I don't want to put that on tape. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and I, was, I said, I ain't going to cheat the game. Right. I ain't cheat the game. Let some young guy. It's some young guy's turn now. I'm good, okay? And so I just think for me, when this becomes, like I've always said, when this becomes a job, Right. Well, I'm like, good. Mm. I'm out. Right. I'm done, man. Right. I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm. I, but I'm still passionate about this. I, I'm in this place, this building every day, man. During the season, I'm here at 4:30, man. I work out in the morning, and mm. you know, and wait for these kids to get in there. This early group gets in there at 6:30, and I see them down there, and I'm they this, they give me energy, man. And hopefully, yeah. I get them some energy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Young people do give you energy. Yeah, that, uh, any uh, any of the kids uh, coming before four thirty? Before you like beat you to the weight room before four thirty? No, that would be deep. Yeah, uh, I open the building up. Ain't nobody in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all good, man. I, I get my quiet time. You know, I can I can reflect on what I want to do during the day. It's it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, thank you so much, man. Best best of luck to you, man. You you've yeah, always been the best. Good luck. Thanks, my brothers. I appreciate you guys. All right, take Thanks, care. Thank you, Coach. All right, guys. Well, that was that was spirited. That was great. You know, it was great. He's always great. Herm's, yeah, Herm's, Herm's man. Always great. Yes, Bate, thanks for you know tracking him down, getting mm-hmm. him on the show. That yeah, was great. Yeah. Hey, guys. So you know, it's been great, great conversation indeed. as usual. Great yep. seeing you guys in person. Yes, no indeed. question. Yes, and uh, we'll come back and do it again real soon. Am I not coming in? Oh, 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 oh! Wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. Yeah, we trip and check. Wait come, a on, come on in. Yeah, this is our, actually this is most our high, most highly rated segment. <laughs> trip and <laughs> checks. We're going to be joined by Aaron Matthewson. We got to say hi to the judge too. Uh, yes, the judge and who's a loyal Woods, Connecticut. Yeah, judge yeah, Woods. Judge yes. Woods, who's a loyal, loyal listener, yes. says great things about you guys. you I know uh, Judge Woods, if you're listening, mm-hmm. yes, hello, shout How out. Are you? And I think he so made, we saw him at uh, the uh, in the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, in he, Hartford. Talks, he talks yeah. about, it, but I just saw him recently. But okay, he may soon be joining our. We'll talk Please, about it what's later. up? Yeah, he's We're waiting. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. great. So, Aaron, hello. Hi, how how are you? I'm great. How are you? Well, we'll see. Yeah, what, what you got? got? What, what you got? What, you, what you got? That's the yeah. thing. What you got? Well, I do have some tea, but before we go there, um, I have a question for you guys. This is Trip and Check. So I'm wondering, you guys have heard about the Popeyes versus Chick Fil A. Uh, yes, I've debate. heard. And I've heard. and the lines for yeah. Popeye's chicken. Yeah. Are people tripping? Popeye's yes. has been around for years, and the same in chicken the hood sandwich. especially. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't get it. I don't get it. I still haven't tried it. Even though I will, I'll try it eventually. Why not? From you know, I get a chicken sandwich, I guess. But you you're saying is it just what is over the top? Oh, it's over. Yeah. It's like what? Are people tripping to be standing in lines for Popeye's? Like yeah. Popeye's is sold. Like they had to tweet, we're sold out. In so many places. What? Well, well, actually, as I was driving in the, the other day, I was driving down the pot and the Popeyes was on the other side, and I was seriously considering for a minute <laughs> making a U-turn. <laughs> like you were going to do it. And I said, because everybody's been talking about you know the, the students, the right. Roden Fellows, and so on. Popeyes versus whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm still like when I when I decide to poison myself, I'll still eat Kentucky Fried Chicken, and they're right. saying that's like you know that's not even relevant anymore. Which I'm surprised at that. that didn't even make it. No, it didn't even make the list. Yeah. What do you guys do? You, do you guys do uh, pop? What's the other one? Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. 
Yeah, I stay away from fast food, you know, as much as I can. Like, but but I, you know, back in my day, I had a Popeyes where I lived in the Bronx that was like a block away from me. So that was, I would go there a lot. And and Chick Fil A, good place too. I love their their grilled chicken nuggets, you know, when I do eat it. But um, but also too, I'm not, you know, they they support uh certain uh right political, you know. Person that who? you know, uh, you know like who could this be? Uh, you know like a Ma- you know who who stands for MAGA you know like yeah so Chick Fil A oh, yeah, is on that list you know oh, no, so and they have some terrible LGBTQ policies that well, yes very so very right. homophobic Chick Fil A that, that yeah. too yeah. my God yeah which yeah. is yeah. so sad because they have the waffle fries oh, like, oh. and those are killing yeah. those are killing well yeah. yeah. make your own make your own. Chick Fil A, Chick, you know Chick Fil A has been okay. I might need to boycott it now that you now that you mention it. It's been a while. Popeyes, I'll try. You know, I'll try it. I did see a, a funny meme where it had a picture of um, you know, a Popeyes worker tired after the shift, and then they had yes. her right next to um, Jordan after the flu game, yes. and they asked who had the, who did it best. Who did it? <laughs> <laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> Yeah, this well, woman looked like it was like the end of her shift. Like she was done. <laughs> she was done. And Jordan at the flu game. Who's, who's the MVP? <laughs> wow. Uh, That's why well, the internet wins. So that was good. What, what, what else you got, Aaron? Um, okay. Uh, are you all? So wait, we're agreed that folks are tripping. Like, enjoy your chicken sandwiches, but yeah, oh, well, absolutely. I don't need to see them on my so IG, yeah, right? So Facebook, and, you know, waiting in line for hours. Um. Any fans of Dave Chappelle? Of course. Oh, yes, indeed. We like, we like Dave Chappelle. Did you... So, you know, he had that um, that event in Dayton. Hometown. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. To uh, commemorate the victims of the, the shooting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, shortly after, um, he has a new um, Netflix uh, special. Right. It's out, right? It's out. Mm-hmm. And it has offended so many people. Mm. Um, so That's he, usually good for comedians. It's good, but even um, I and I did you see it? Appreciate. I didn't see it. I just Uh-oh. was reading about it. Uh-oh. I will. You're gonna I, laugh if you laugh. It cancels out whatever you offended up. Well, okay, you tell me. <laughs> I, and this is why I'm like, okay, Dave Chappelle, did you trip in? Did you try cross the line, even as a comedian or not? Okay. So what yeah, what do you do? So he talked about uh, the accusers of Michael Jackson, the, uh, Wade Robson, and James Safechuck. Yeah, I saw that some of that special. He Not basically special. said he didn't believe them. He's like, I just don't believe it at all, and and he said he is a he said I'm a victim blamer. And what you call a victim blamer? He's like, you know, if someone tells me Chris Brown beat Rihanna, I want to know what she did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's not funny. Oh no, that's <laughs> no. He gets better. No, he's then a comedian. He said, then he said, <laughs> if someone told if someone told me Michael Jackson molested some kids, I'd be like, what are they wearing? What that's, were they wearing? No, that's the I mean, okay. <sighs> What? He's trying to push, and the he elbow. said it in that way, you know, in this yeah, way I, right I, I here. Like, I need to see it. I was like, <laughs> and a few people might chuckle, you know, and then they're like, well, "Wait a minute!" I'm like, girl, if, if if someone told me you molested some kids, oh, well, I saw the I saw the Michael well, he Jackson. Said, he said, "I'm a victim blamer." They were believable to me. They were. I didn't want It was yeah. a, it was hard to listen to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you saying was he tripping? Was he tripping? I think he went too far. I gotta hear. I gotta hear yeah. it first. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah. Just wait like, till I see it. I mean, I know comedy is like that. It's another realm. That's. Oh, well, you say. I mean, some people say you know, comic comics try to Ooh. say they you know you shouldn't they shouldn't be judged on any of it. Right. You know, they're supposed to be. They want to be allowed to say anything. Right. I mean, it's about the point is to make you laugh. Yeah. Right. 
and also to delve into different characters, like the mindset of people that have, you know, that sixth sense of humor that they wouldn't say out loud, right. but they, but they say it. Say it. Yeah. 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 I can't believe he said that. Right, right. That's what I was thinking. But is it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. He said it. I'm just laughing because it was so outrageous. <laughs> and, and then laughing by, and then laughing by yourself, yeah. like, kind of, but not, not in front of people. They're like. <laughs> I mean, Eddie Murphy back in the day was doing, you know, he was on oh. the edge. Oh, know. I mean, Lenny Bruce, go back yeah. to Lenny Bruce, yeah, every, and yeah. Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor you know, exactly. and, and like Red Fox, you okay. know, like back then. I remember you know? my first, I, I took a cross country trip and it was when it was Sirius Radio just came out. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I remember I was driving to the Olympic trials and I'm a little red bug and I never listened to the comedy channel. And so I listened to all of it, the blue stuff, all the kind of stuff. And I was like laughing, but I was only going to the car. And the stuff, I was like, never, you know, you were by yourself. You were like, oh! <laughs> and yeah, it was almost embarrassing, but there's nobody there. So you just like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> That's the best time right. to do it. And, uh, <laughs> hey. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually all for, uh, you know, for that reason too. He, he said it, I didn't say it. But I'm all for, you know, a comic pushing, you know, pushing the boundaries, especially Chappelle. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's done everything. He's, he he has all the acclaim. It's, to mm-hmm. me, it also shows. I think he's doing this stuff on purpose. Like he, you know, he went yeah. after the Me Too. He's trying to he's trying to take all these movements right. that people are, you know, right maybe rightfully so are afraid to get close to or or touch. He's going he's going at it. Mm-hmm. It's, right. you know, and it's there's always a, and there's always a level of truth. Right. In mm-hmm. it too. I mean, because you know you have these movements and it, it almost becomes like sanctified. Like you can't critique it. Right. You can't say anything. Yeah. Right. So you do it. It's well, taboo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but if you do it, but you make people laugh, because you, they laugh, kind of, <laughs> you know, he's all that's rocked up. You know, right, you know? Right. I, I was listening to something kind of the other day, and this guy said, "What about you know?" He was talking about the uh, uh, when the Olympics were in Atlanta, and he talked about he called it the Redneck Olympics, <laughs> and he said and he was talking about the red and all the events that. They, oh my goodness! And he said, "Yeah, you know," and they canceled water polo. After the second day, after the second horse drowned. And you know, and Chappelle don't care no more too right. because he left comedy that Comedy Central contract when went on exile for like a, a couple of years. He didn't he doesn't care no right, more. Right. Like and Netflix, I guess he he has Netflix by by the neck saying, like, hey, you know, I'm gonna do what I do and that's it. You know, right. so yeah, he's making yeah. so much right. money over Absolutely, that. yeah. So good, all right. You got, well, you got another one? I have one more. Um, so I'll try to keep it light. So <laughs> does anybody know what yesterday was? That's Monday. Oh, oh I'm sorry. To, but Chappelle's a big jazz fan, big monk mm-hmm. fan. He play, he can play monk on the piano. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- just wanted to say that. Yeah, I wow. forgot the man. Yeah, he's a huge jazz fan, loves monk. So, oh, wow. yeah, sorry. I, I, we, should have him, we should have him on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can I can see since what we're, since we're trying we can to see Serena. He knows who you are, Bill. Yeah. Huh? So He knows who you are. Yeah, I'm sure know, he does. I know he, I know he is, too. <laughs> 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 so. so, pop quiz, what, what, what day was special? What was special about yesterday? Florida Mayo. Brent from Marcel's birthday. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> uh, no well, idea. Well, wait, what was yesterday before I give up? It was Monday the 26th. 26th? No idea. Oh, it was a lunar day. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because it doesn't exist. <laughs> okay, all right, go ahead. It was also Women's Equality Day. 
which oh, honors. Yeah. I was supposed to know that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> could you? Could you? I didn't hear any kind of uh, when was publicity. It yes, it, honoring uh, women's participation in getting the right to vote for women. Wow. Yeah. How come that's not like. Well, well Althea, Althea Gibson got a statue. Right. That's right. She on the same day. Yes. We were there. <laughs> Where were you, Aaron? I know. I was looking. I was looking at Jerry Bimbrey's uh, article about Althea Gibson. You should check it out on oh, Undefeated. Yes. 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 But um, the reason why I know about Women's Equality Day is because Rosa Parks got a Barbie doll yesterday. Oh. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, I hope it's not limited time. I hope not. I don't think so. Oh, she's part good. of a. She's part of the inspiring women collection, which is mm-hmm. these kind of historical, real historical figures, um, collectors' items. Wow. So Sally Ride, S- Catherine Susan B. Jenkins, Anthony, I'm sure, or uh, maybe not so much. Uh, Frida Kahlo. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So All right. Angela Davis is the other one. I don't think so. Oh, so they got. They got to get that. That would be beautiful with her fro oh, yeah. and then like yeah. But <laughs> here's sure, my. But that's great. But my question, tripping yes. or not? So the. Doll was not met. You'd think people would just be like, "Oh, this is wonderful," but it was. There were a lot of mixed reactions. Uh, there were, you know, people were kind of like, "Yeah, this is great," but why did you take so long, Mattel? Like she's <laughs> dead. She's it's dead. like her mm-hmm. her contributions that she's being honored for happened before the first Black Barbie came out in 1968. So, mm-hmm. um, and and the doll costs about thirty one dollars. And a regular Barbie doll is about $9, like about $10. So, I mean, this is a collector's item. It comes with um, educational material and it like, you know, uh, reflects like her fashion of the day and really cute accessories. But so are folks, are are people just complaining too much or should we just be happy that it happened at all? I think you should be happy. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not complaining. Fabulous. I'm not complaining. I'm complaining. So the folks who are complaining are tripping. Yeah, they're yeah, tripping. Yeah, they're yes. tripping. And Calm when down. A, and when a different time. Don't complain when, about something else. And when There's plenty t- to complain about. <laughs> There's plenty. <laughs> about David Chappelle. Yeah. Right. Well, right. they're tripping too. And it's like, <laughs> and it takes it takes society like two or three generations to catch up to like inclusion. You know, from the standpoint '68 when the first Black Barbie came out, that's when Dr. King was assassinated that you know Malcolm X was assassinated right. and it's still going on like the civil rights movement was was I mean you think the civil rights movement was progressing but still there were people that weren't feeling it you know and right. then those generations of people passed away and then their sons and daughters that had those viewpoints passed so now it's like two it takes two or three generations for to have that inclusion going on so I'm, I'm happy that's now happening you know and and it's good for for educating our young brothers and sisters, especially our young people of color, mm-hmm. especially on on these great people and women, you know, and and young women, and they can see they have more of that liberation, you know. So that's important. So I, I ain't tri- they're tripping, you know. What do you think? Um, yeah, I actually I'm like I'm glad it happened. I'm actually very impressed. You know, Barbie. There's lots of you know. There's always controversy about how the Barbie looks, how light the Barbies are, mm-hmm. depending on the skin color. But they've actually done a, a great job of, of making Barbies of a lot of different color, different yeah. people from different ethnicities. I haven't seen them in a long time. We haven't seen them, but they it's extensive. Well, like, when I look at my collection of Barbie dolls. <laughs> <laughs> did, did your daughter have a lot of them? Not one. <laughs> exactly. I would say they'd have like a, a John Coltrane Barbie doll. Or, mm-hmm. or a Ken, like a Ken. Ken Doll. Yeah. Uh, Ken Doll. Oh, by the way, have you seen the um, the Miles Davis documentary? I have not. I have not. I, I should check it out. Cats are saying that that's pretty. It's pretty good and Didn't pretty. Didn't even know there was one. 
Well, yeah. In fact, it's at What's the, it on? Film, I'm going to see oh, it's out. Miles out. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, out it's on. It's a film. It's a forum. Film forum. Film forum. Okay. I'm going okay. Friday to uh, oh, check it out. What's it okay. called? It's called Miles Davis. It's called Miles. No, no, no. It's <laughs> called. It's, it's not called. It's called. Um, Birth of the, uh, birth, birth of the cool or something like that. Rebirth oh. of the cool. Rebirth of the cool. Yeah. 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 So. Cool. So maybe we'll go I'll see to, it. I have to check that out. Be- that. Yeah, and there was a gentleman that's a New Yorker, a local New that did the film, right? Because well, I Stanley remember Stanley Nelson, who was on our show. He did it. Yeah. Yeah. Stanley and he's Nelson. based in New York, right? Yeah. We should get him back. Because yeah, a- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because ABC did a, a nice feature on him. He has he's up in Harlem, isn't he? Yes. That's what I thought. That's the cat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah okay. He, he's been on our right. show a couple times. In fact. He's working he did on the Black Vincent. Panther. He did the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Remember, we did the sh- we did the Black Panther, and uh, we had because he was talking about this is a real Black Panther. Now this is not the, <laughs> the movie. It was, <laughs> the, movie it was the documentary, Panther. right? Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Aaron, yeah. that was great. Do you have another one for us? Well, I, I was in, I'm. A, this is a little somber. Oh, um, no, I'm, no, I'm no, <laughs> no, I'm, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, I don't want to say the opposite of the victim blamer, but I just want to say I'm concerned about Boogie Cousins. Oh. he uh, He's yeah. injured, and yeah. over the weekend he got married. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But he his ex-girlfriend, who he has a seven-year-old child with, filed a restraining order because apparently he threatened her. Oh. Um, and and I just, you know, I just. He got her on, he got her on tape saying, I'm going to put a bullet in your head. She said it. But no. No, he said it. She got him on tape. Oh, saying that, yeah. Saying to her, because the, the the situation was, you know, they have a child together. He was getting married. He wanted his son to be at his wedding. Right. Uh, she would not, the wife, the mother would not let that happen. So he called. He was like, listen, I've asked you over and over, blah, blah, blah. You know, I want my son at, at, at my wedding. And she was like, no. And then he said, he said, allegedly, he said that uh, I'll put a bullet in your head. Yeah. Oh, God. And buddy. the son ended up not going to the wedding. Right. So I mean, there's nothing there's, you can't. Yes. Now, what would Jay, David Chappelle say? Said, Why did you let him go to the wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you, oh, you, what you did win. She do? <laughs> <laughs> you win. Oh, no. Dave's tripping. I just hope. I just hope he's like. I just feel like he's kind of falling apart. Like I just feel like every time I hear about him lately, it's been well. His body's falling apart for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So I hope he can. And and that that money, he's lost about 150 million dollars. He could have gained. You know, he's lost in contracts and everything. Yeah, he's he could, he could be imploding. Like from the standpoint psychologically, it's it's something that he he's had this for all his life, you know. And right. this is his sanctuary to play because he has a lot of you know he has a, a lot of uh, I'm not gonna say anger issues, you know, like that's the wrong word to say, but just he's very just a lot of pain that's going on with him, you know. And basketball is a sanctuary; he doesn't have it. He's he's imploding. Hopefully. Hopefully he can recover and play a little bit, or you know, and just get some or get some help, you know, like see a therapist or something like that, to really like help, you know, channel things for him. So yeah, yeah. Dave Chappelle, if you're listening, that's how you deal with people with problems. <laughs> <laughs> just put that out there. <laughs> when we get him on, you can definitely. But he's a comedian. I mean, he's supposed to be saying ridiculous yeah. things. But you're gonna ask what did, what did Rihanna do? Like it just sounds like he's like doesn't care. It's a joke, Aaron. Uh, it's, it's a, a joke, Aaron. But I mean, is it? Is it? Uh, you can't, is it a joke? Are you allowed to joke about anything? Oh, well, something just came up with somebody was joking. They were joking about something. They said, "Well, is this a joke?" <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Remember, most jokes are like real thoughts. <laughs> I, just, I think about joking about people's pain. I don't know. I just, there's that's, a that's, line. Yeah, there's a history. There's yeah. a line. Yeah. There's a line. 
I guess. So, um, all right. Thanks, right. everybody. Trip Thank and Check you. was yet another success. It's a good idea. And we're going to see everybody uh, next week. We'll probably be at the U.S. Open, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Uh, check check us out. Bill Rowan on Sports. Listen, SoundCloud, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, rate the show on iTunes. Leave uh, a comment on iTunes. Tell us what you like. That helps with the traffic. Bros Pod on Twitter and Instagra- Instagram. I'm at, at Blackatologist, or, or search me at Jamal Murphy. Nabate. I, yeah, IGNSI.Universal, Twitter, N A B A T E I S L E S S M T A. Nabate has S M T A. I have to spell my name, people. <laughs> what's, your, what's yours, Bill? Uh, I'm at, at, uh, at WC Roden. Mm-hmm. All right. So, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I'm at Aaron on air. That's E R Y N on air. All right. All right. But I like that. I mean, you have to like punch people in the mouth. Yeah. I say, well, don't end the show. Don't, don't do that. But thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next week. All right. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.